Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to the second edition of Steelers Touchdown Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davison. How are you, mate? G'day, Matt. How are you doing? Can, can you believe it? we've made the second second tape, you know? Uh, we've, made we've made the, the cut. We made the cut. We made the cut, and that's uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about cuts in our show in our show today. And we've made the cut. We also featured really heavily on uh, on Brian's uh, two two AM talks last week, so that was great to join join you listeners live on YouTube. And I know it was a great experience for Mark and I after obviously listening to the show for, for several plus years. So we're really we're rip roaring and ready to go today. We're really keen to get into talking Steelers um, today. We're going to give you a bit of a discussion around. A bit of a recap of the off season. Obviously, we're a couple of weeks out before the season. Was you know we're we're through train almost through training camp. Roster cuts coming up on on Saturday um, at five uh, September five four p.m. You're hearing us live from from the future from fourteen hours in the future on Friday evening our time. Um, but we're really glad to join you on Saturday morning over there in the U.S. and and around the world, whatever time zone that might be. So as we mentioned, it'll be a bit of a recap of the off-season. Um, we're going to look at some key highlights for, for, for the both of us. We're also going to look at cut day and what that means. Obviously, that, that's today um, as we go to air. Um, but look, Mark, I thought we'd start off with a few first thoughts, a little bit of outside that. How good is this documentary series that we've now got two parts with, with Big Ben? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So it, it gets you really... Uh, as a Steelers fan, it gets you keen. It gets you keen for the season. It's been a really long, long off season, um, as Jeff mentioned today in, in, in one of the preview shows. Um, you know, this this year has been a bit up and down with everything else, but you've got to be positive. So with Big, Big Ben coming back this year for his comeback season, like the uh, the, the first episode was released, released last week and now the second one, I still think there's one more to go. Um, this shows a bit of, bit of side to Big Ben, which... You know, like I said in our previous podcast, like he's got two more years to go and, you, and you've been there 17 years. So now we've got to start to think, okay, like even I even watched a video the other day on um, YouTube. I saw him, you know, zing one down the side to, to Juju. And I'm like, we need this back. So it's it's really good to, to see a bit of his life and see how the surgery went as well. What, what do you think? Yeah, look, I agree with you. And I think this, we're getting an insight into Ben um, that we don't usually get. And I think that that's what's been really exciting for the fan base is really seeing this other side to Ben. Obviously, in the first episode, we had a lot from how his family saw a lot of the criticism. And I know it's been touched on by some of our other fellow fellow podcasters um, on, from BTSC, and it's been covered also on social media. But really, you are starting to see the insights into what it's like for a player in their family and the and the the stress that they go through when, when they're, when players are taken through the media and, and, and their families feel it. Um, now, of course, uh, you know, there's the, the counter argument that the players are well remunerated for that, for that, I guess in some ways someone call it invasiveness or the depth that, that the public um, gets into their private lives. But I think that that's been really real for me and sort of seeing how, you know, his wife and kids have taken it. I think in the second episode too, you know, really documenting this journey that he's been on and getting an insight into how these teams of doctors work to get people back. The idea that a quarterback, let alone an NFL player, has never really come back from this type of surgery and, and that it's so different person to person. I mean, many listeners on the listening to this podcast live um, or, or on audio recording will have had some sort of injuries. I've torn ligaments myself and, and in my ankle where I tore, you know, I think it was three out of the six that you've got down there. And the work required to get back. But if you think about Ben 
coming back, throwing the football, that passion for that seventh. And he said, not just seventh Lombardi, he said multiple Lombardis. That's why he's back. That's what he's looking to achieve. It's for him, you know, yes, there's the paycheck, but for him, it's the history books. It's the hall of fame that he's talked about. It's about making his teammates better. Um, you know, it, that's what I've been really most impressed by these, by, by the documentaries so far. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to episodes three and four. Um, but look, let's kick into the, the main parts we're going to cover today in, in the show. So what I want us to first take a look at um, is really around what has been the highlight of the off season for you, Mark, or what's been that memorable moment that, that just really typifies off season between 2019 2020 and on this next step in the Steelers chasing, you know, that seventh Lombardi. Yeah. So it's, you know, as everyone knows, it's been quite a, quite a strange uh, off season. Like it's the first time we haven't had preseason games and I don't even know the stat. Uh, Dave Oracle might know that, but I'm not even sure when the last time that was. So, uh, and with everything going on, like we need football for a bit of a distraction as well. Um, but like one of the highlights I can probably grasp at is, is, is one of our players who we, uh, we, we got by a free agency, which was uh, Eric Ebron. Um, so he's coming in uh, new tight end. And with this new off, like not new offense, but with the offense with big Ben now, Juju, Deontay, Washington, he's going to, he's going to fit in really well. Uh, we've got, you know, start, start, started offense. So just to see what he can do uh, as a football player and maybe in the red zone to help us out a little bit more. Like we should all be really excited uh, for him. He's a he's a big physical threat. He's six foot eight or something like that. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and I think it's it's really interesting one you touch on there as well. Um, Eric Ebron is a tight end that we're getting through from the Colts. Now we know there's a bit of injury, you know, history there. But we're getting a tight end in at twenty seven, who's got proven production when he's fit. Now and I know that's the question: is he is he fit? Mm. But we've got the same question with the Vanimal. Um, we've got a couple of developmental players that we've brought in like your Zach Gentry's of the world. But for me, getting someone in that's 27, that's played, got, got a few seasons in the league that Ben can have a bit more trust in. We know that when those rookie wide receivers come into the league and come into the Steelers, that Ben takes a while to acclimatize. We saw that with James Washington, um, you know, in 2018, struggled a little bit there to be expected. We know that 2019, despite having, average quarterback play at best compared to what Ben gets that you saw Washington really start to light it up. And obviously big season three is a massive one for him and he's gotten fit and we've heard that a bit of the off season. So for me, I like this idea that you're getting someone that's experienced, but still young. He's got some meters left on all the mile. Sorry. We're down here in the metrics. Yeah. He's got some, he's got some <laughs> miles left in the tank, not some meters uh, left in the tank, but um, and it's interesting there, Mark as well, because when we talk about this highlight of the off season for me, you touched on Eric Ebron, which I think for him, for me, he he represents a bigger highlight of the offseason for me. And that was really around how the Steelers have approached free agency. I have been really impressed with the way we've handled this. Now, I think we'll put like parking things like sign re-signing Vance where we would where we had poor depth, poor depth at the tight end position. When you look at it, the Steelers is and obviously, you know, Bud Dupree's franchise tag counts as how you've played out free agency as well. Um, but for me, you know, bringing in guys like Stefan Wisniewski, trading for a guy like Chris Wormley, 
Um, you know, obviously it was very sad to let Javon Hargrave go, but honestly, that was not going to align for what he would be worth, you know, what he is worth. And you, know, you saw that with what the Eagles were offering him. Um, and bringing in guys like your, your Matt, making sure you re-sign your Matt Filers, your, your Mike Hiltons, bring in a guy like Derek Watt, bringing back Tuzar Skipper as well. Um, I thought that was really big. Bringing in someone like a Wendell Smallwood to shore up that RB room. And I, and I think that that's going to be an interesting one going forward, particularly as we approach cut day um, yeah. the live, you know, that's happening this afternoon um, from when we're going to air. Really, really interesting what we've sort of done there. Letting guys like Artie Burns go, letting Sean Davis go. You know, he was always going to get a bit more money than we were prepared to give him. I, I am I own the ball camp that says that it was the right thing not to, it was the right thing to cut Mark Barron and it was also the right thing to not bring him back as well. I'm firmly in that boat. But as I say, it's about the approach. It's about the players we've brought in, like your Wisniewskis and your Derek Watts. But also the Steelers have been, and you know, we know that Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan can manage that, manage you know the player roster. But I love that we didn't bring back guys like Tyler Matakevich. He wasn't worth the money we were continuing to pay him. You know, we didn't, as I said, we didn't try and re-sign Sean Davis and overpay for that. You know, we didn't, you know, we were smart on Javon Hargrave and said, look, we're not just going to be able to offer it. It wasn't drawn out in the media. We didn't give Artie Burns another million when we know he's not going to be the right player. I have questions. I loved it. I love the attitude of Jordan Dangerfield. I've got some questions there. I've got to be, I have to be honest. I, I've got some questions there. Obviously it was a great interview when he, when he joined us all on BTSC, but I do think he's got to do prove some work. I like that they didn't go spend and overspend on, on Nick the net. Um, so, so for me, my memorable moment is how they've approached the whole thing. I think, mm-hmm. as you said, Ebron is the icing on the cake. We are getting someone here that is ready to, sort of fulfill the T the the tight end role in a way that we kind of haven't seen since since Heath. Um and you know and and Bad wrote about this back in March when he talked about their similarity. You know, in 102 games, Miller had 200, um, 286 catches, 3233 yards, 29 touchdowns. In 19 less games, and obviously that brings into this injury situation with with Ebron, Ebron's had played 83 games, 283 catches, 3,195 yards and 27 touchdowns. So we have had similar production through six seasons. Again, obviously the health's an issue, but at the same time, he hasn't played 20 games. So he's almost, whilst he's been in the league six seasons, there's only five seasons of mileage on his body. And at a position like tight end, where you're seeing guys play well into that early and mid thirties, this bodes well, this bodes well for the team. Yeah. Um, Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think we've all, I think we've all gone stir crazy. This has been the longest off season ever. Like you've just painted a, a brilliant picture to what happened uh, with our off season. Like you know, we got the we needed the, the key guys. Like one of the big ones I think is Javon Holgrave. He's gonna he's gonna be missed uh, very much so. Um, but the people who need to leave, like the Burns and Davis, they had to go. Their time was up. So yeah, you said it. You said it brilliantly. Um, so the other thing, so the next part of our little recap of the off season, I thought we'd look at is very much around the rookie that you expect to excite. Now we've heard a lot about Claypool. Um, we've heard a lot about Claypool from big Ben. We've heard him mentioned by the coaches. I mean, even Joe Hayden, who we know is a team guy, even he's come in and talked a bit about Claypool, but Mark, who's that rookie that you think is going to excite this Steelers, this Steelers fan base come season 2020? So I'm thinking of not like Claypool is going to be awesome for sure. He's going to be in the roster, um, like fourth, fourth, uh, 
you know, on the squad there on the depth chart uh, or fifth. Um, but I'm looking to Alex Highsmith. And I like how, ever since I've been watching football from 2004, I kind of like how the Steelers, how they, how they use their linebackers. So hopefully with Alex Highsmith, um, his production, it may be limited, but he'll get all that training and those reps in practice. And if he's on the 53, then he can progress forward. And, he, you know, some games he might come in third quarter, fourth quarter and close out the game. Uh, he might get a suck or two here or there. Um, so to see his development will be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, once, obviously, if Bud, Bud goes away next year. Um, but, yeah, just to see what Alex Highsmith can do. And you, know, you don't want to rush him in there too much. Like the first time, I think, with the linebackers, um, Bush had the, the best chance last year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited just to see what, what he can do. Like, what are your thoughts? Is your thoughts Claypool or are you thinking someone else as well? Yeah, so for me, it's actually, um, and it might be a little bit controversial, um, potentially, because he may not see a lot of snaps. Um, I think it'll be Anthony McFarland. Now, we said who we expected to excite, not necessarily have the most production and not necessarily yeah, you know, make the most impact. So for me, I think that pace, that, that 4 44 second 40 yard time. Now, there's a lot of fours in there, so I'll go back there. McFarland's 40 yard time is 4.44 seconds. Now, we talk a lot about Claypool not playing to his speed. I think on the flip side, McFarlane plays faster than his speed looks on camera. You know, and you saw there's obviously that tape where he's playing for Maryland where he just absolutely tore apart Ohio State. Um, um, You know, unbelievable performance there. I think obviously we know the Steelers like to ride a lead lead back. And I think that, you know, well, the team's obviously quite high on Connor. For me... McFarlane will excite. They, they will give him the ball and he will go hard and he will go fast. And I'm really excited to see what he can do this season if when used in the right way. You know, he only needs, you know, six to 12 carries a game once the season starts to roll. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say he needs 12 carries a game at the start. He needs to acclimate, as they say, and, and really get used to the NFL. But I do think, you know, six to 12 carries a game on an, on average for him, particularly down the stretch of games, is going to make a big difference. And he will, particularly once Ben's airing the football and there's more space in the box, he only needs a lane to open up and he's going to take you for 15, 20 yards very quickly. And it's going to scare. You know, we saw the difference that Kareth White made last season when he came in and provided that change of pace. And I think you're going to get, I think you're going to get a better experience out of McFarlane. He's done really well through, you know, he has been brought up in a lot of the training reports as well as doing quite well. Though I think there are some concerns over the last two weeks about some, you know, temporary injuries or what have you. But yeah, in terms of someone to excite, I think there'll be a few splash plays from, from McFarlane this off season. But look, Do they use him as a, as a wildcat or, or similar, similar plays like that? Yeah, potentially. I just I, I think there's some, you know, some counter run plays, there's some outside runs that you're gonna get. And I think when you're looking at things like opening up and throwing out of the backfield, you know, if he's if if you are throwing deep down the field and you're leaving you're leaving that short yardage open, I think it I think there is going to be opportunities where he's gonna start to take you. Because with his pace, he only needs to have one guy miss and he's gonna he's gonna take you for the five yards. So he's going to be incredibly helpful. Um, obviously, his size is going to come into things a little bit, but we know that Steelers running backs going into seasons two and three tend to get a bit bigger. So really, I think for McFarland, we're really talking 2021, where that's going to be a big season for him. And obviously, we've got Connor coming off contract. Um, but yeah, for me, McFarland, 
McFarland is the one that's going to is going to excite. But look, with that, we are going to go to a quick break here on Steelers Radio, and we'll be joining you back soon to talk more about the Steelers, recap of the off season, and what what we can look forward to. Back live with Steelers podcast Touch Down Under, the newest podcast in the in the BTSC family of podcasts. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host Mark Davison, and we're talking everything Steelers on on Saturday, the fifth of September. We're cut days coming in, in just a few hours at four p.m. Eastern time. So, look, really looking forward to getting into getting stuck in for the second half of the show into into what we can expect for today. So, Mark. Roster cuts, as I've just mentioned there, coming up 4 p.m. Who is your miss for, the, for roster cuts? Who, in your mind, is not going to make that, that 53-man squad as we cut down from 80 players? Um, yeah, who's, who's not going to make it? And are we out there? Is that player even going to make the practice squad? Yeah, well, this one, uh, you know, as I'm a big fan, I wish they could, we could you know, have them all. I would, if I had all the money as well, I could buy all their jerseys. Um, but the thing I, like, I don't know, I don't know if this personally I think will happen, but I think it would be a, a big shock to the Steelers and the Steelers fans if, per se, uh, Jalen Samuels was cut. As you were saying in the first part, uh, with, um, McFarland, Connor, Snell, uh, Wendell Smallwood, there's a lot of blokes there. There's a lot of guys there who want to carry the, the football. Um, so where does, you know, does Jalen Samuels fit in that? Do they have a lot of scat backs like, like him? We got the power runners with Connor if he stays healthy. We got uh, Benny, uh, Benny in the Jets um, if he can go, you know, really well. So it, it it depends. Like I think he will make the team, but it'd be it'd be a big shock for everyone. You wake up, wake up, and all we would wake up and see it. Uh, but for you guys from 4 p.m., you would see Jalen Samuel's not on the team. My only my only big worry though is, and I had a thought about this, is uh, if he wasn't on the team, I've got a feeling that somehow the Patriots will pick him up. You know, like they would just, they would get that kind of player and then, you know, they would use it, they would use him against us. Like he, he was so fun to watch and he is like a elusive kind of guy. So yeah, he's my guy that, that I, that I thought about, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's from 80 to 53 and then now there's a new, uh, 16 people for the practice squad. Um, yeah, it's, 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 who's your bloke? Defense, offense? Yeah so, yeah, so look, Jalen Samuels is an interesting one. I think you're right there. And, and it will be interesting because obviously Matt Canada has a history with, with Samuels. So, you know, the idea of bringing Matt Canada in and then losing Samuels now, even when they're crowded RB room, is, is going to be an interesting one. Um, and by RB, obviously, I mean running back. Um, so, yeah, look, my miss. <laughs> and look, I know he's bulked up. I know he's Ben's best friend. I know... He's, you know, he probably mows Ben's lawn. He probably has a bit of, you know, <laughs> carries the water for Ben, you know, probably, you know, drops the kids off at, off at school and picks them up when, when not needed. For me, by miss, I, I think Ryan Switzer. And, and I, look, the likelihood is a predictability he, he may make the squad. But he's the player that I would prefer missed the squad. 
We yeah. have guys that can run that football back in Deontay Johnson. I know McFarlane can do it. There are a few other specialists as well. Obviously, the Steelers have brought in in the last couple of weeks, Ray Ray McLeod. Um, but I would prefer someone like a Dion Kane or a another wide receiver project, you know, that we can shift under the practice squad where needed makes it. The idea of having a roster squad tied up with someone like Switzer, when we have fast running backs who can catch out of the backfield, whether that is someone like a Samuels, I know, I know Wendell, Swarm, um, Wendell Smallwood can do it as, as well where, where required. Connor obviously does it. You know, we, we've got other players that can catch out of that role and play a bit more of that Swiss Army knife role. Derek Watt is a much more pass-catching fullback than what we had in Roosevelt Knicks. I, I, I personally think that Switzer is expendable. And for me, it's a miss that I would like to see. Whether that happens is a whole other question. But I don't think the electronic football man, just because he spends the off-season getting swole, is enough to justify why we've got him. We've got the resources there that we don't need to, we do not need to keep him and waste in my mind, what is some valuable salary cap that we could be putting in to a project for 2021 when we know the cap's going to be tight and bringing on a younger, a younger position there. So I've talked a little about miss um, and and who we think will miss. Who's the must for you, Mark? Who's the, who's that player that has Um, to make the squad? This this player I've thought about a little bit as well. So just from a you know as a fan perspective and a personal uh, dis- decision, I thought about uh, just just because of his name in general. But uh, Tuzar Skipper, I would like to see because that's a fun word to say when you're Australian. Uh, Tuzar Skipper, I would like to see him have another go. I know we I know we had him last year in the preseason. He went off. He had about 16 fumbles, 14 in- interceptions. He went crazy. Um, so I'd like to see. Obviously, he won't be. Uh, you know, a big depth guy, or he won't be at the very front, but he might play a key role in special teams. He might you might help out with Matic, uh, Matikiewicz's role. So yeah, it'd be good to see him have a bit of a go, a bit of a turn, because uh, yeah, last year I think the New York Giants actually picked him up afterwards, and he played a little bit, a bit for them, and he came back to us. So um, Skipper, he'll be like what third or third or so on the depth chart, I'd say. So yeah, we we'll just give him a turn. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and I think for, I think you're right. I think that Skipper Skipper brings something different, and obviously he was the darling last preseason, and and I think that's something that we can lament a little bit. That the and and it's very hard to talk about cuts and and roster misses and roster makes when you do have a situation where we haven't had an off season. There's players that we probably ideally like to see. Um, you know, you know, playing, getting those reps and playing against, you know, and obviously they're not generally playing against the ones or the, the first team um, across our across our competitors, but and and opponents. But you do have a situation where you can see them in game like situations, and and whilst the Steelers are doing probably an excellent job replicating that down there at Heinz Field, it, it is different to a, to game day and wanting to compete against guys. And the reality is for the preseason. There are players there that it's not about necessarily making the team that you're that you're playing with. You know, for example, if you're with a team like the Steelers, there are some players that know they may be cut, but they're looking to get that contract with another team in the league that might yeah. be a fit, that might be going through a rebuild, that might have salary cap issues themselves, what have you. So um, that are ready to take, you know, that aren't looking chasing that Lombardi like the Steelers are and can afford to to develop that player. So I think you're right there. Tuzar Skip is an interesting one. Obviously, I think this is a prove-it year for him as well. 
Um, but certainly, look, it's it, it's definitely an interesting one to see what he can do this year. And, and I agree with you, we don't have a lot of depth there. And so I agree with you, he's, he, he's a must for the roster with the depth, but I'm, I'm really hopeful about what he might be able to do. Um, so well, even look at even look at um, Mike Hilton a few years ago. He said with the preseason games, like they have you know it was quite a bit in, big impact. And for us, for the, the the fan base, you know, in America and Australia and, and all over the world, we haven't seen that. It's been very hard to watch. So um, sometimes it's even hard to uh, analyze what people are going to do. But I don't know when Mike Hilton played a few years ago, he was a camp darling as well, and now he's in the squad. So yeah, just give this guy a shot. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, so, you know, my must player, um, for this team, which probably isn't a surprise to you, Mark, because, uh, because I've talked about him a little bit and for all you Madden players out there as well, he does offer really good value at his current rating and now being about a week into Madden 21, which I haven't ever played as much as I would like to, um, and we'll give you a bit of insight into why a bit later on in the show, but, um, he offers some development there as well with his rating and he, and he can improve quite quickly depending on how you're going to play him and how you're going to use him. But my player is Isaiah Bugs and the, and the benefit that he brings to that defensive line. Um, the idea that he can play across the end position, the defensive end positions where we're on, on my edge, where we've got, you know, obviously quite a bit of depth at the same time, but to play that interior defensive line as well, um, the versatility that he provides at that position. We've obviously only seen him through his rookie year. He's coming into year two. You know, when we look at, you know, what, um, you know, what former BTSC podcaster Lance Williams often talked about, which was around, you know, pedigree, performance, you know, he has that, you know, performance. He's not going to necessarily have been in his second year, but he does have that pedigree. You know, he's, he's an ex-Alabama player, you know, known for their defense. He, he was drafted in the second, in the sixth round, but that's where we're starting to see some of those, you know, potentially lesser tier or less productive defensive college defensive lineman come in, you know, he's sitting there at 295 pounds. So he's a little bit lighter but he, than, than what some of our defensive linemen are or what you're looking at that ideal size, but that gives him a bit more agility and then that gives him that versatility as well. Um, and obviously, um, obviously with that versatility, you know, we saw that with Javon Hargrave, the benefits that that gave as well. So yeah, for me, it's, it's definitely around Isaiah Bugs. I'm excited for season two. Um, I think he's got an extra reason to compete. You've got Chris Wormley, um, you know, coming into the team there, adding to a bit of that depth. They're going to compete. And Chris Wormley is going to give him, he's going to push him right to the wire. So I'm really excited for what, for what that competition looks like. Again, though, for the Steelers, we know the cap is going to be an issue. And I know we're going to probably keep saying it because of how big an issue I do think it is. It is going to be an issue in the, in the next couple of seasons, particularly next season. And with Bugs, he's got a four, he signed a four-year deal last year, $2.68 million contract. You know, if we can start getting that productivity out of him, we're going to be in a really, really good position for the defensive linemen. So, yeah, that would be that would be. It my... should be it should be his breakout year, Matt. Like, because he, he was hidden last year as a rookie. He didn't he didn't get too many snaps, or um, you know, he didn't get too much uh, chance to play under Mike Tomlin. So it should be if he can come out swinging. Um, like, I don't really know too much about him to be honest as a Steeler fan. So uh, I know little bits here and there. I might have seen him on the field you know, a few times, but if this is his second year and, and we'll, you know, we'll see what he can do. As we, as we always do, and we've teased, we've sort of teased out when we were, we were on Bad's pod, uh, podcast and live YouTube last week. 
We're going to bring you our first Jordan Berry stat of the week. That's going to be a or fact of the week. And this is going to be a regular segment that Mark's going to bring to us. Um, so it's going to be pretty exciting because punters don't necessarily, you know, do, you know, get a crazy amount of different stats or, or stat categories each week. So, you know, we're going to see a bit of Mark's creativity, <laughs> creativity in these segments. So Mark, hit us with it. That's uh, our second show and we're kicking off the Jordan Berry stats. What have you got for the listeners today? Yeah, so it's still our second show. So, I, you know, I consider us uh, rookies in a, in a big family of um, uh, football players here. But for Jordan Berry, I had a thought. I think what we should try and do is I don't even know how we can give him a phone call or email or Instagram or something like that and, and see how well we can go. But we're going to keep providing a stat or a fact every week until he comes on the show. And then then we have him on the show and there'll be three Aussie blokes talking football. Um, but I want to start out with a big stat first. So, and probably he's... he's um, you know, most positive one out there. So I'm starting with Jordan Berry. Back in 2015, uh, he did a 79-yard punt. Can you believe that? A 79-yard punt, Mark. 79 yards. Yeah, I knew he'd done a plus 70, but 79, that's uh, a fair way. You know, so, uh, and like, you know, a lot of people give him a bit of of a bad rap, but in that year, uh, 2015, that was actually the longest punt of the year. Really? So, you know, you've got to give that guy a medal. Like, six years and he's doing, he's, he's banging out big punts like that. Like, that's unreal, you know? Um, so, we'll start with that and we'll try and jump into other things as, the, as our podcast progresses. Well, did you know, Mark, that according to some stats that I, I've just been able to pull up on, on that master that is Google, the longest punt ever was a 98-yarder from the New York Jets in 1969. Now, the balls were very different then, and I don't know if those... Wait, wait, I don't wait. Know. I was, don't know. There no, was there no returner? <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but I reckon there was a few bounces, put it that way. <laughs> right. 98 yards, it would have been no returner at all. No. What was he doing? Couldn't, it couldn't have been. Um, so, look, I think in the modern game, to be able to get 79 yards with how good returners are and, and, and the weight and obviously the depth of rule changes and what have you that have, that have happened since then around returning punts and, you know, and special teams is, um, yeah, that, that's an awesome one. And it's glad that I'm glad that we've got an Aussie that's done that in the NFL. So, awesome start of the yeah. week to kick it off. Um, Excellent. So, as we did last, as we did in our first podcast uh, and, and live on Steelers Radio, and we talked a lot about this with Bad um, on the 2am show last week, we're going to continue to give you a bit of insight into some Aussie slang. Um, and we've actually decided to give this, this segment um, that we're going to have each week as well a, a name. Um, so, we're going to start, this week is the, is the first time where it's gonna, the segment goes um, properly in, in, into the into the show, and that's and we're going to call it slinging the slang. So we know Big Ben slings the rock. We're going to teach you how to sling the slang. So Mark, um, tell us what is that Aussie slang word that you would like, you know, to to, to give listeners a bit of an insight into? Yeah. So like like a lot with a lot of our slang and Australian accents, a lot of this stuff doesn't really make sense. So I'll try and provide the best example that I can with this one this week. Um, the, the word or phrase I have for this week is don't argue or don't argue. Have you ever heard of that phrase, Matt? Matt oh, mate, I've heard of the don't <laughs> argue. You give listeners a bit of an insight into the, what the don't argue yeah. means. So, so how, what, what, what don't argue means is if you can, uh, in our Steelers history and, and fandom, if you can bring back a play from uh, the 2018 uh, Steelers versus uh, Bucks, where uh, McDonald caught, I think it was a screen pass or something similar, 
Uh, and he ran 75 yards and he gave him the old stiff arm to one of the cornerbacks there. So what we would say down under, uh, which one of our slang would say, you know, he gave him the old don't argue because you just can't argue with that. There's no way, like ifs or buts, like McDonald put him on show. Uh, and that's where you, you know, you probably couldn't use that in everyday life, but it, it fits that purpose so well. McDonald rocked him, said, don't argue. Gave him the old stiff arm and on his way to 75 yards, the Steelers went crazy. Awesome. I right, look, and the don't argue that Mark's talked about too. We've got a couple other words for it. Um, we call it the fend. Um, and the one that we, we used to say a lot when I, back when I was playing rugby was we call it um, palm or being palmed because it's literally yeah. that face palm straight into you. So <laughs> it's, uh, when you cop a couple of those to the face, um, <laughs> yeah, it becomes, it's definitely a don't argue, um, but you feel it by being palmed. Um, so, so yeah, that's a uh, oh, great addition. Great addition. Look for me, I'm going to go with Bicky. 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 Bicky, mate. Now, look, last, when we were on, uh, when we were on with Bad um, earlier, earlier on the start, you know, last weekend, we talked about Tim Tams, which by our, in all intents and purposes, are a shocky Bicky. Obviously, Chucky is a bit of a bit of a slang one as well for us around chocolate, but I think I think that's probably one that one that the listeners might have heard of before. But for me, yeah, Bicky, um, which is biscuit. But you'd be surprised. Bicky is one that we use all the time. Like, would you like a Bicky with your tea? You know, where's your Chucky Bicky? Um, or geez, that looks like a good Bicky. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I love I love a Bicky. <laughs> How do you even spell that? Like, aren't we funny? We don't. We just we chop words off and add things to it all the time. Like how how do you even spell that? Yeah, so that's a that's a B I C Y, and you, you've you picked go. up on something there, Mark. <laughs> One of the things that we often say in Australia is that the shorter your name, in particular, like you know your three or four letter names, people lengthen it. The longer your name, we shorten it. So it's quite interesting in Australia the way the way we do that. You know, you've got you know Charlie often becomes a Chaz. You know, even I go you know for myself go by Matt, and I get Matty. You know, so things, we are quite interesting in the way we, we, we extend different things. So, um, but look, we look forward to continuing to bring this segment to you and continuing to give a bit of insight into some of our crazy words down under. Um, so, so with that, Mark, you know, that's, that's a lot of our regular parts of the show, but look, obviously when we go to air next week, we'll be right before uh, the Steelers' first game against the New York Giants. You know, give us some, give us some thoughts about, what might be coming up in the next week as we lead into that game. Um, and just, yeah, any, any, any predictions that you might want to make about the start of the season, anything we haven't covered on today's show. Yeah. What have you got? Yeah. So, you know, as a lot of football fans all around the world, uh, Australia, America, I think we're just really excited to have football back. So you've got the first game coming back with um, uh, Paddy Mahomes and uh, Watson. Uh, uh, Chiefs versus Texans. That's going to be quite exciting. Like we we need football. Like uh, we're both football fanatics. Uh, so starting off with that would be awesome to watch. Uh, and like I've, I've got the Chiefs in that one for that start. But then heading into like the you know only about a week or so away, we've got the Steelers versus Giants. Um, the Steelers are travelling to the Giants. No fans in the stadium. That's going to be quite strange. Um, but yeah, like this, like I've said in another podcast, and I think it's a it's a big thing this this year. Our defense is probably one of the best. It has to be it's top five, um, I'd say. Uh, you've got TJ Watt on the edge. You've got Bud. You've got Cam in the middle. Stefan Tewitt. I've listened to a few podcasts today from BTSC. Um, I didn't hear anyone talk about Stefan Tewitt. Like, he's back. He's, he's a monster in the middle. So, 
that front four and then Bush in the middle uh, roaming around and uh, Fitzpatrick at the back. Like, I could talk forever about this defense. It just depends if they, if they turn up and, and, and play. Uh, some people are calling this uh, New York Giants game a trap game. But it can't be a trap game because we don't know who's here in the zoo yet, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to just to see football again. For us, it's going to be 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. Uh, pretty sure it's 9 a.m. Tuesday. So, yeah, I want to see TJ uh, Watt rush Danny Dimes, put him in the dirt. I'd like to see him get up by 14 points, 17 points. You know, we want to see Connor run. It's just going to be all the off-season stuff they've done. It's going to be put into action. And we, we need to start 1-0. Like, as a fan base, if we don't start 1-0, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Well, that's right, and and the but those those pressures that pressure on Ben will start will start to go up, um, and I think it's really interesting on the New York because we pride ourselves on a on a very very good you know rush defense, and you've got Saquon Barkley coming off you know what wasn't his bet the best season where he had a few injuries and he was back and forth, you know while Danny Dimes you know gets his. Uh, tries to, you know, acclimatize and get comfortable with, with the start of season 2020, he is going to be throwing a lot in the backfield there. So I'm really looking to guys like, as you say, like, you know, we don't want to preview too much ahead of next week's show, but, you know, it will be very interesting to see you guys like your Mike Hilton's, um, you know, come into play and really look at stopping that run. So going to be a really, really interesting one. Um, look, we, it is cut day. Um, we're a couple of hours away from cut day now. The other one that I, that I probably, well, we didn't get to cover a little bit earlier. Um, you know, we had to pick a make, um, a, you know, a roster must, but I would like to see um, James Pierre, the undrafted rookie. I would like to see him, you know, in the secondary. I, I'm hoping he at least makes the practice squad. He's popped up on that training report a couple of times. Um, but look, we look forward to seeing how, how cut day goes in a couple of hours. It's going to be very, very interesting for the Steelers. Um, and, and, you know, who are those players that are going to make it? Is there going to be a surprise cut? Is there someone that's going to, you know, that might be on a, you know, a quite a high salary cap number that, that we can afford to lose? You know, it is, obviously it is a season where we're going in to try and win, win that seventh Lombardi and, and Omar Khan and Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin are doing everything to squeeze that salary cap. But it is going to be very, very interesting to see who makes the cut and who doesn't make the cut this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, Look, one other thing, if I may, Mark, as well, um, yep. you know, it's this week um, and I'd like to dedicate at least my part, portion of the show, lost a great mate for me um, in my grandfather who played a very important role in me getting into sport. Heard the news that he was unwell before we jumped on with bad um, last weekend. Um, unfortunately, lost him a couple of, uh, as we go to air now, a couple of days ago. Um, you know, when you talk about definition of a mate, you know, in Australia and, and, and a mate being, you know, that bloke, you know, someone that you have a really positive affinity with, with. for him, we always called each other mate and he was my great mate. Um, so look, really dedicate my part, you know, may he rest in peace. And as we said last week with bad, you know, f- football brings families together. And whilst it was a different type of football and for us, it was, it was rugby in Australia, you know, it wouldn't have led me to to my love for the NFL and, and my love for the Steelers and, and the Steelers very similar values to the, to that man. So look, um, dedicated out to him there. Um, but look, thank you very much for joining us on, on BTSC. We're so, so happy to be, be live on air with you, live on air with you now and, and coming to you regularly every Saturday morning, um, whatever you might be doing, whether that's taking kids to sport, you know, doing things in and around the house, traveling to work, traveling home from work. If you've worked night shift, 
Um, really excited to be with you. BTSC, listen to a wealth of incredible information and, and, you know, and fan feedback on, you know, numerous different podcasts, whether it's from, you know, editor Jeff Hardman, whether it's from co-editor, you know, Dave Schofield, whether you, you know, it's Brian Anthony Davis on the podcast, Tony Duffio, um, Michael Beck, deputy editor as well. You've got guys like, you know, Flip, Jeffrey Benedict, um, Cliff Harris is still a punk. Um, I know I've missed a couple of, a couple of guys there, you know, as well, but look, everything that you need about the Steelers is there. Trust me, I'm listening to NFL Network and ESPN and following Twitter. We are up to the date. We are up to the minute. Um, and there's an, there's an absolute plethora of podcasts and, and, as I say, articles that you can read about. Engage with the guys on, on Twitter or Facebook. Hit us up as well. We look forward to joining you next week where we, where we are going to come to you live the day before um, the New York Giants game. And we are absolutely raring to go. Thank you for joining us and have a great okay. weekend.